A publishing editor runs down a wolf with his car. When he gets out to check on it, the wolf springs to life and bites him on the hand. As his career and his marriage start to crumble, Will Randall realizes his senses have become enhanced and he starts waking up in strange places covered in blood. Will must find a way to stop his transformation in the 1994 horror drama Wolf. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Today's episode is another random pull from the book of Filmgasm, 1994's Wolf, a film that got mixed reviews upon release and hasn't really been claimed as a cult classic. It's just sort of faded away. I thought it was pretty good. Something different, at least. You know, werewolf movies are all kind of looking up to an American werewolf in London, and that was looking up to the Wolfman. So the bar's been set. So the most you can kind of hope for with werewolf movies these days is something that is different. And I thought Wolf was different. I, I enjoyed it. I don't get where all this hate's coming from. Yeah, I have no idea. I really enjoyed this movie. I The first like five minutes, I was like, this is going to be awful. <laughs> and then when he starts becoming the wolf, I was like, this, this is actually really interesting. I think I audibly said at one point, I was like, wow, I'm really enjoying this movie. Because <laughs> I was I was so surprised. I was like, this is really good. I think it was the scene where he was like listening in his job, where I was like, okay, this is this is a good movie. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. <laughs> How the fuck can you drink so early? <laughs> Just yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jack. Jack helped big time. Uh oh yeah. I think the one time I audibly spoke to the movie was towards the end when it was revealed that James Spader was also a werewolf. And I had that moment of like, oh, oh shit, yeah, that's right. He was bit. It was like in plain sight, and I didn't even connect that. Like, oh yeah, we yep. saw him get bit. Same. Yeah. I I mean, as you know, I talk a lot during movies, but mostly to myself when I'm alone. But yeah, I said, Oh shit. And when he saw his eyes all yellow, I was like, Oh. I was like, oh duh, he got fucking bit. <laughs> um before we get further into it, I have two quick updates on the rewind. This first one updates our episode on Spider-Man. Uh, I believe that was December 2021, a long time ago. There's a Spider-Man noir live action series in the works at Amazon. Uh, you may remember Spider-Man noir as one of the characters from Sony's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, where he was voiced by Nicolas Cage. This series will not be connected to any pre-existing Spider-Man property and will exist in its own world. But neat, I'm down to give this a shot. I'm sorry. Where have I been? <laughs> I love Spider-Man. He is my favorite superhero of all time. And noir is such a weird diversion from what Spider-Man is. It is so cool. You said Amazon's making it? Yeah, Sony has a deal with Amazon for that and a series called Silk, which is based on another Spider-Man property. Apparently, Sony owns over 900 Spider-Man characters that mm. Marvel has to rent from them because bad decisions were made in the late 90s. Who's playing Spider-Man? Do we know? This is very early uh, development. They don't have a cast yet. The showrunner was the guy who wrote The Lost City which was a recent Amazon or Paramount movie that was actually pretty funny. 
Uh, Nick Cage. Please, God. <laughs> Please, Nick Cage. I think he his voice is so perfect, and he's weird enough, I think, to, to be able to pull that off. Yeah. I'll never say no to Nick Cage. He can do no wrong, as far as I'm concerned. Even his shit movies are fun to watch. Just no. there. <laughs> I also... Spider-Man Noir, no way you can make that gritty and realistic. It has to be goofy. So I, I, I hope they add a little goofiness to that. Well, yeah, with, every, with most superhero movies and shows and stuff, you got to be a little tongue in cheek about what you're making or that, you know, the audience. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'll be, I'll definitely be checking that out. I'm, if it works out, you know, maybe we'll get some more weird, you know, multiversal Spider-Man shit to see. I'm always down for more. Oh, God. Spider-Man Noir is going to show up in Kang Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> that would... Why not? Fucking, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, as soon as they open up the multiverse, it is fair game for literally anything. <laughs> Dude, I know, like, it's cheesy and it doesn't always work, but I, I want the animated characters to be in the movie but still be animated. I think that... I, I love that stuff so much. Like, Roger Rabbit or... Uh, Pete's Dragon, Mary Poppins, all that shit, dude. They they should do that. I think that that would be great. I would one hundred percent love if Miles Morales from the Spider Verse movies be, like joined the Avengers to stop Kang, but he was just animated. That would be amazing. I would love that. Yes. Oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Here's hoping. It's all about convincing the studio heads. You get them on board, anything goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this next update brings us back to our Pitch Black episode. Vin Diesel and David Toohey are finally reuniting for that fourth Riddick movie they've been teasing for 10 years. Currently titled Riddick Fur Furia, um, it sees Richard B. Riddick return to his home world. The film will likely be made once Diesel is done with the Fast and Furious franchise, so it's going to be a couple years. He's got two more left. And uh, then he goes back to Dick Riddick. Nah, bro, they're going to merge the Fast and Furious and Riddick together. Riddick is his brother, and he's going to be like, family, or something. I don't know. You know what I would do? Fast In Fast 11, which I guess is supposed to be the last one, I would have Dom launch his car into space and end up on Furia, where he gets his eyes fucked up, and he becomes <laughs> Richard D. Riddick. <laughs> oh, man, that would be wonderful. Yeah, Fast 12 is just pitch black, and then we just go for it. <laughs> I've, um, I sort of understand the concept of Riddick, but I've never seen any of the movies. Is it like sci-fi, fantasy? What What is it? Uh, I know who Riddick is, but I don't understand it. It's mostly sci-fi. Uh, the first one and the third one uh, dip into horror a bit. He's basically, he's a criminal who's also a freedom fighter who can see in the dark and he gets trapped on this planet with these creatures who feed in the dark and he has to help them, help the crew who is supposed to like send him to prison, escape this planet. That's the first movie. The second one tried to get all fucking Lord of the Rings in space and it confused everybody and nobody liked it. So part mm. three is exactly the same plot as Pitch Black, where Riddick is stranded on a planet with creatures that feed in the dark, and he has to help the crew. It's 
it's literally the same movie. That's wonderful. I don't care for him. Uh, Caleb is quite the dedicated fan. So I've I've heard hmm. quite some pushback on my thoughts on Dick Riddick. Well, he also likes Friday the 13th. So right now. See, I'm going to be the guy who has to deal with that. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we'll see. I mean, they've been teasing Riddick 4 for a very long time. Riddick 3 was in 2013, so it's been 10 years since the last Riddick. Maybe Uh, I'll check him out. Yeah, if you want. want. I don't care for him, but, you know, they've got their fans. So, you know, make your own assumption. I'm going to say I'll, I'll look into it so Caleb doesn't yell at me. <laughs> he did watch Wolf, too, so I know he's going he's gonna to listen to this one. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> ah, well, that's the rewind. Spider-Man and Riddick. I'd watch that movie. Uh, oh, God, dude. I don't know anything about Riddick, but see, I heard Spider-Man. Spider-Man and Vin Diesel, dude. Oh, man. Beautiful. Well, we saw Spider-Man and Groot fight a little bit in the in Endgame. That's as close as we're gonna get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so my question to you to start this thing out: mm-hmm. Werewolves. 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 I hope you're getting all this down. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, the age-old question: the war. Of fictional creatures, werewolves and vampires. Mm-hmm. Where do you know? I guess because they're both creatures of the night owned by Universal Studios. And my question to mm-hmm. you is Would you rather, if you had a choice in the matter, be turned into a vampire or be turned into a werewolf? And why? Um, I'm talking like traditional. Yeah, not Twilight or sparkle, not Kaleidoscope in the. In the sunlight, okay. vampire. No, I'm talking traditional, like death by silver bullet, or you know, crosses will burn you, drink blood, vampire. Like traditional. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think I would rather be a vampire, just because I think they're cooler. You know, they're moody all the time. Oh, only come out at night, which I tend to stay up late all the time. Um. And I don't want to smell like a dog all the time. And, you know, having to like turn into like a monster at night. I don't, I don't really want to do that. The only caveat I have to turning into a vampire is um, the world is kind of run by Christians at this point. So I feel like I'd have a really hard hard time getting around in this day and age, but um, vampire, I think for sure. I think werewolves are more fun to watch in like movies, but Vampire, I would rather be. Hmm. For sure. Interesting you bring up the Christian angle because, I mean, I already kind of go out of my way to avoid Christians. Uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, anytime they're selling their wares in front of the gas station, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use the side door today. Uh, yeah. But I, I never have, I never, I'm never in a situation where like I have to touch a cross. So that's fair. Yeah. I feel like that wouldn't be too big of an issue for me. Really, it'd be like, I don't know if I could cut garlic out of my life. Like, that'd be yeah, a hard one. Uh, garlic's pretty, pretty yummy. Yeah. I also feel like being being a vampire is easier to hide. That's true. I feel like. Well, um, 
And also, I, I work in a hospital. I get I got blood right there. I'm I'm chilling, dude. Yeah, you better be careful where you take your lunch break because you don't want somebody walking in on that. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> no way to talk your way out of that without committing some murder. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus, I think one of the funniest movies I've ever seen is What We Do in the Shadows. I love that movie so much, and I just want to vibe with them. So, vampire all day. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's it's a no-brainer for me, mostly because vampires can control their actions. Werewolves yeah, can. exactly. Yeah, that's a big part of it. But also, it's like you're only a werewolf for three days out of the month, which doesn't come up a lot in movies, but you're only a werewolf during the full moon and, like, the day before and day after the full moon. Yeah. So if you just get, you know, you in- invest in a steel cage that's away from people, you make sure you, you know, keep your... <laughs> arms going you could you could live a fairly normal life as a werewolf yeah. so for sure there is that uh but you know you're, on immortal. That, you're not you don't have access to the cage you're gonna you're gonna mow through a town pretty much yeah exactly mm. and i feel like you know you're you're invincible you're immortal um but not to the point like if you wanted to end it you could just make some nice spaghetti and that's it <laughs> Or, you know, go go for a little jaunt in the sunlight. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to... I would have fun with it. If I was a vampire who was suicidal. Oh, yeah, dude. I... Can, <laughs> can traditional vampires teleport and all that shit? I don't, I don't think so. I think they can, you know, they can transform into bats and wolves sometimes. I think they can become a mist, but that might just be Dracula. Uh, I don't think they can teleport. Mm-hmm. I would, like become the spokesperson for like a sunscreen company and wait till like I'm, you know, we're doing a product, you know, an announcement party at the, at Daytona beach or some shit. And I'd come out and be like, wow, I don't know how well this stuff is working. And then just burst into flames in front of everybody tank the company stock in less than a second and freak the fuck out of thousands of people. That's, that's wonderful. That's a vampire suicide right there. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Werewolf suicide or, would just be, you know, find your worst enemy, lock him in the cage with you, rip him apart, then when you wake up, put a silver bullet in your mouth. Yeah. Or just convert everybody to Satanism because you'll get baptized, and as soon as they dunk your head in the water, you just fucking explode. Jesus. That, I've never, has that ever been done in... In fiction, like a vampire getting like waterboarded with holy water. Oh my god, I don't think so. Shit. Oh, I gotta write that down. Mine. TM <laughs> copyright. That's cool. I think that'll be a pretty um that's a good idea for like a reverse horror movie. Or like the main character is a vampire in a town against him. And it could end that way. I think it'd like torture him, waterboard him in holy water. That would be neat. Ooh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna table that. Uh but yeah, I think vampire would probably be the easier one. But I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go werewolf. I, I think I could really? I'm a pretty organized person. I just gotta, you know, invest all I've got into building that cage. And then three days out of the month, I'll be a little cranky. Like I can manage that. <laughs> okay. You you have fun. Being a dog. Oh. Well, those oh. Th- those other 
28 days where I'm not cows are I get to go to the beach. <laughs> That's fair. I don't really like the beach anyway. I don't yeah. either, but if I, I got it to Alaska, from, if I got it taken I'll away terrorize from me, I'd be like, I want the beach back. <laughs> That's fair. I'll go I'll go terrorize a t- small town in Alaska for 30 days. <laughs> oh, Sorry, that was a bad joke. I wanted to like that movie so bad. I could I I didn't like it. It was so it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> oh. Okay, that was fun. Yeah. I want, you know, I'm I'm mostly going werewolf because this is a werewolf movie. I feel like I'm not going to let vampires completely take this one away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did say I think werewolves are more interesting to watch than vampires. Well, it depends on the movie, really. Like, you know, Fright Night, for instance, fascinating vampire movie. Fright Night was good. Interview with a Vampire was good. Shit, I guess what we do in the shadows is good. I know, I, I like the um because in, in a lot of vampire movies, it's like, okay, we know that we're vampires. This is just something we deal with. But in every werewolf movie, it's more interesting because the person has to fucking deal with the fact that they're turning into a werewolf like at night. They can't have a normal life. Yeah, and they're always it's always a very depressing situation. It's always played like, yeah. you know, a sickness and a disease that they were di- like they were infected with. It's against their control. Especially the Wolfman, where you know Larry Talbot's just this nice guy who gets bit by a wolf and his whole life comes crashing down, and he doesn't want to be this, but he's trapped in this. And yeah, I do, I do think those are fascinating. You rarely get like the sadistic yeah. human being who becomes a werewolf, and it just gets like worse. That doesn't usually happen. Yeah, but for, yeah, for but for vampire movies, they're they're having. I mean, it's not always they're they're not always having fun. But they they got their shit together. I feel like a lot of the time. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I got to see more werewolf movies. Every every werewolf movie I see is always like, well, it wasn't as good as an American Werewolf in London. I just I got to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> well, that was fun. Um, good good combo. Let's yeah. talk about wolf. Where did this come from? Wolf was the brainchild of screenwriter Jim Harrison, a friend of Jack Nicholson's. They'd been trying to get the movie made for about 12 years. Uh, Prior to Wolf, Harrison had only wrote two films, Cold Feet and Revenge, neither of which were hits. He was, however, an accomplished novelist and poet who published over three dozen books in his career before his death in 2016 at 78 years old from a heart attack. Uh. And it's weird that this, you know, werewolf drama with Jack Nicholson was his, like, magnum opus. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I, uh, when I, like, looked up the movie and it came up, it said, like, romantic drama. I was like, oh, fucking great. <laughs> this woman's going to fall in love with a bad boy. Well, kind of. I mean, that is kind of what happened. I guess. Uh, I want to. I want to say this right now. It's weird that Jack Nicholson is the love interest because Jack Nicholson is not an attractive guy. He How looks fifty all the time. Jack Nicholson has fucking charisma, <laughs> and that is hotter than anything. <laughs> That's fair. He is very charismatic. 
Okay, I guess. But oh my god, dude. I he looks like I would have switched him. I would have had James Spader be the lead, and I would have had Jack be the sadistic piece of shit bad guy. Nah, nobody would cheat on James Spader with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> now Jack, Jack makes it work. He makes everything work. Yeah, I don't think he's ever been miscast in a movie. He always is doing his no, best, yeah. trying his hardest. And without him, frankly, I don't know if this movie works as well as it does. No. Yeah. And I was, um, I didn't, I got a lot of vampire, but that movie was wonky and weird. Um, this movie did really good with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, for sure. Uh Harrison would end up leaving production due to creative differences with director Mike Nichols. And this whole affair would cause Harrison to leave Hollywood. He was like, I'm done with, you know, they're, they're messing with my script. I don't want any part of this. I'm out of here. And Jack Nicholson, his good friend was like, well, I guess I'll see you when production's over. <laughs> Cause he didn't leave. <laughs> uh, Thank God. Also, he it's like when, when you've only written two movies, both of which weren't hits, like, is anyone really crying over the fact that you're not you're you're leaving Hollywood? Yeah, just, that's it. I'm leaving. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, please don't go. I kept seeing like Willy Wonka. You know, stop! Don't come back. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, he left, and that was the last. Actually, no, it wasn't. He would write more movies, so he did come back. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Anything good? No. Uh, I think Legends of the Fall, but I haven't seen that, and I don't really like that kind oh. of movie anyway. Like British rich people problem romantic dramas that take place in like 1882 and are three hours long. I hate that. That's my least favorite genre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not in. Uh Mike Nichols, though, the director of this movie, is one of the most accomplished directors of all time. Uh, he won an Oscar for Best Director for his work on The Graduate. 1967 was also nominated for the same award for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Silkwood, Working Girl, and a Best Picture nomination for The Remains of the Day. He also directed Postcards from the Edge, Regarding Henry, The Birdcage, Primary Colors, Closer, and Charlie Wilson's War before his death in 2014, at 83 years old from a heart attack. He has done some of the most critically acclaimed films in history, and Wolf. <laughs> I always wonder about that. Like, this is the guy who made The Graduate and Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? Yeah. And then he did this. I mean, it's not terrible. It's just no one cared. <laughs> I could see him at like a, like a cocktail party. You thought The Graduate was good. Wait until you hear about this. Wolf. God, he's plugging it he's like i have never made a better film like this is this is the one i'm going to be remembered for and people watch it and they're like i didn't even know you were there <laughs> it's a drum uh drum rom-com with a wolf starring jack nicholson michelle pfeiffer james spader they're the, like okay leave us alone please <laughs> were, you, were you invited here, Mike? I don't remember seeing your name on the list. <laughs> That's my cue. And he like pockets a bunch of mini sandwiches and just bolts out the door. 
Were you invited here? Fucking turned into a wolf. No. It's like Jack, that's on you. That that's you. And Jack wanted like, hey guys, how's it going? I'm Jack Nichols. <laughs> Everyone's like, where'd Mike go? It's like, doesn't matter. You gotta hear him about my new picture. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I feel like Jack Nicholson would refer to movies as either pictures or flicks. That's it. Those are the only two words he uses. You know what? I had a, an epiphany moment a few days ago. The word movie is a shortened version of moving picture. It's because things are moving. Yeah. I, I never made that fucking connection and it blew my mind. Yeah, that's. Oh, man. You know, you know, I found out that car. Is uh, short for carriage. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. How many of our words are just shortened versions of old timey words where things used to be a lot difficult? Um, I don't know, man. Yeah. Words are words is hard. Yeah, talk. Yeah, talking, talking stuff. <laughs> I think I talk good though. You you do speak good. Uh so Jack Nicholson was on board from the start since he and Harrison developed the concept together. His buddy was like, "They're ruining my movie. I'm out of here." And Jack's like, "I'll see you in six months, Jim." But. I love Jack Nicholson. I've always loved Jack. He's one of the greatest actors of all time. Every role he's in, even if the movie sucks, he delivers. And yeah, I figure, you know, what are some of your favorite, like, straight first movie that pops into your head, Jack Nicholson? Oh, Shining. Shining, yep. Shining. Uh, I would say say Batman, but Shining is like Jack Nicholson, for sure, 100%. Yeah, that's kind of the one that everyone points to is like the definitive role of his career and it is hard to argue with that it is such an amazing performance and an incredible movie uh i always go straight to mars attacks oh yeah (laughs) yeah i keep forgetting he's fucking in that movie dude so oh my god president dale Mm -hmm. and uh also art the casino guy yep (laughs) I love it. I love them. I love those characters. He, I think he was in a movie. Seen a movie with Matt Damon? Is it Matt Damon? I don't remember. It was, uh, or was it Leonardo DiCaprio? The Departed. I think it was The Departed. There's a scene, and I haven't seen that, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I know I, I always say some controversial movie guy thing in every episode I'm in, but apparently there's a scene in one of the movies where he was in where he was trying to intimidate his uh, co-star in this scene, and for some reason it wasn't working. So without telling anybody, Jack brought a fucking gun on set, and Jack Nicholson was like, hey, look under the desk. And he saw the gun, and the scene was perfect that time. I don't know what movie that was for, but I remember seeing that, and I was like, holy shit, that's insane. That was The Departed. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a scene with Leonardo DiCaprio. He, you know, they weren't yep. getting the right vibe, so Jack just pulls a gun out of nowhere. Leo's immediately like, yes, shit. But he, keeps, he stays in character because he's a professional, and they work the scene out. And it, Yeah, there's also a scene in that movie where uh, Jack pulls out a giant dildo and just wanted to have it in the scene. He starts, he's like holding it, just kind of flopping it around. Matt Damon's like, 
what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> it's it's Jack Nicholson. You don't say no to Jack Nicholson in 2006. That's fair. It I, is think, a- I think we've talked about this before. Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Like, I think he says that he's going to do something, and we're like, okay, please don't hurt us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jack, you know, he... I feel like he, you know, at, at the height of his career, he knew he was hot shit. And he parlayed that into yeah. some weird requests. And as long as the work delivers and you don't treat people like shit, I say go for it. <laughs> yeah. Always happy to bring up Jack. He, uh, he's the man. Always. Yes, he, he looks like shit now, though. Yeah, apparently he's, uh, he hasn't been seen publicly in like three or four years. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah, his family said he's got, like, dementia. He wanders around all day. Like, he's he's gone. Damn, dude, that fucking sucks. Yeah, but we'll always have Wolf. We'll always have Always Wolf. have Wolf. That's it. He was in no other movie, just Wolf. God. Thank God that's not the case. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. Mia Farrow was nearly cast as Charlotte Randall, his bitch of a wife who cheats on him with the son of a bitch James Spader asshole I hated her more than I hated anybody yeah dude as soon as he like smelled her shirt I was like oh my god no way well when he like walks in on her and she's like half naked and is like what who was it and just they they lock eyes and she's like horrified and then he just leaves yeah. and then she comes back later like trying to you know I love that he was like fuck you yes dude walk oh, away. I was so happy he did that Bro, she was even like, she was even like, give me a moment of your of, of your time. After 16 years, I deserve that, don't I? Like, no. You don't deserve shit. Oh. Oh. Yeah. But um, so Mia Farrow is almost cast as Charlotte, but um, she was too controversial at the time because it had recently been discovered that her ex-husband, Woody Allen, had been sleeping uh-huh. with her adopted daughter, Soon Yee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and Woody Allen and Sunya have been married since 1997. Uh, the production chose Kate Nelligan instead because Mia Farrow was in the midst of a bad divorce and it was very public and they just didn't want that shit looming over their film. Which I understand okay. sucks that Mia Farrow had to, you know, was denied roles because of that horseshit with, with Woody Allen. Just the creepiest. So, that whole situation is so fucking unnerving. Ugh. He's also just fucking weird. Well, I watched. Um, he looks. I know he looks like exactly the kind of guy who would marry his ex-wife's adopted daughter. He looks like a guy whose name would be Woody Allen. <laughs> like, I had. Um, I watched Manhattan for the first time this week uh, for some Oscar Sunday prep, and in that movie, Woody Allen plays a forty-something neurotic. New York writer who complains about everything. I know, big stretch. And so he plays himself. Every fucking movie he's in, he plays that exact character every single time. But in the movie, he's dating a 17 year old high school student. And my fucking God. Everyone in the movie knows it, and nobody has a problem with it. it. He lives in this weird little world where it's totally okay to fuck children. And we're only just now finally giving him shit for that. Oh my god, dude. It's it's bonkers. What the fuck? Yeah. 
So I like bringing attention to that anytime I can because it's bonkers and wild and stupid and crazy that he was allowed to just do that. What is going on today, dude? Actors have fucking sex cults. They fucking are like pedophiles. They're fucking marrying their adopted daughter. Fucking cannibalism. What the fuck is going on today, dude? Money talks, bullshit walks. When you can when you can afford anything, literally anything, I'm talking talk to the right people and you can have human flesh delivered to your doorstep via Uber Eats, you're gonna go a little crazy. Yeah, that's fair. How is how, how is Army doing, by the way? Any updates? He had he did an interview with somebody recently where he was like, I've paid my dues and I'm very sorry and I'm looking forward no. to come back. And his ex-wife was like, shut the fuck up, you psycho. <laughs> That's great. So I don't see, yeah, I don't see Lone Ranger 2 happening any anytime soon. <laughs> oh, damn. That's a shame. So his real estate, when it, real estate business went under? Or was it a timeshares? Timeshares time in the, in a, I think, what, the Caymans? Yeah. That's beautiful. Call Army. I think he had like a like a flyer in like the community center billboard, or not billboard. What what are those called? Bulletin board. And it's like you know, looking for cheap timeshare. Better call Army. And he's got like a little you know pull. Call the hammer. Take one. Call the (laughs) (laughs) the hammer. Oh, that's beautiful. Call the hammer. Eight 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 eight. I hope he has one of those super cheap public access commercials where he's like got this giant hammer and he's like knocking down prices. <laughs> oh my God, dude, that would be so fucking great. You can only see it between like three and 5 AM on channel 82. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I, one day I want to, I want to like write a book about this whole thing or like investigate this. It's the craziest fucking story. And I want to know everything about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fucking Army Hammer. Um, yeah, so Woody Allen's a creep. Army Hammer, eight people, or at least yeah. one or two. And uh, me and Farrow didn't get the gig. Wolf has an IMDb score of 6.2, Letterboxd score of 2.9 out of 5, and a Rotten Tomato score of 62%. Critics' consensus reads, Wolf misses the jugular. Ugh after showing flashes of killer instinct early on, but engaging stars and deft direction make this a unique horror romance worth watching. Like, yeah, it's not great, but you know, it's got Jack. That's, that's what Name I got. Name another horror romance. Another horror romance. Um, yeah, five seconds. Shit. Uh, interview with the vampire. I wouldn't necessarily call that a horror movie. I've never seen it, I'm, but okay, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> no. there, that that's that's such a that's such a weird bromance horror. That's weird. Ooh, all right, Sweeney Todd. Oh. All right, that works. I like it. It it goes in that direction a little bit. Uh, yeah, you could argue Hannibal a little bit. Okay, Hannibal. I, yeah. Not a very, you know, it's creep. hard to creep. 
Mm, yeah. I guess. I don't know. More Creep 2. But I haven't seen Creep 2. I just saw the first one. No. I'll get to it. You should see Creep 2. Yeah, I will. <laughs> it's Horror romance is hard to do, you know? It's, it's hard to balance love and blood. You know, those two things yeah. don't usually go hand in hand in, you know, healthy ways. Yeah. But they exist. They're out there. I'm sure if we, like, looked them up, we could find more. That's This is not the only one. Mm. Uh, ben Helsing? It should not be a romance. There's no reason for that movie to be a romance. <laughs> it's not until they randomly kiss at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that movie a lot. It's pretty good. I get so much shit for loving Van Helsing. I It's so much fun. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, despite a mixed critical reception, Wolf was a big hit at the box office, grossing about 131 million bucks on a budget of 70 million bucks. Like oh, wow. most of which I'm sure went to Jack. Yeah. And if you're going to, you know, if you want top quality, you got to pay top dollar. That's how Hollywood works. He got seven of those. <laughs> Jesus. You know, to this day, he still makes Batman money. God, that's insane, dude. Yeah. That was the greatest contract he ever signed. It was like a huge chunk of the movie, uh, you know, a huge multi-million dollar profit plus points plus percentage of Batman merchandise. Like in perpetuity, ongoing. He's been getting Batman money every year since 1989. That's fucking insane, dude. He could have never acted again and still been you know, made millions every year. It's unbelievable that they let that kind of contract be signed. They really wanted Jack. And think about it, every time they make like a pop figure of him or anytime that version of Joker appears in any comic book, graphic novel, anything like that. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm so proud of him. Gives me something to shoot for. <laughs> <laughs> so Wolf, with that kind of box office money, was the 20th highest grossing film of 1994. Which is kind of amazing because these days, if you don't gross a billion bucks, you're considered a failure. But in 1994, yeah. 130 million was considered top 20. <laughs> uh, so with that, I thought it'd be fun to see what are the top 20 of 1994. What were yeah. the highest grossing films of that year? Because it's not, not none of these would crack today's box office. Uh, <laughs> well, a couple of them might. Number 20, Wolf. 19, Legends of the Fall. Hmm. Yeah, never saw that. Uh, it's one of those dramas. 18, Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Stargate, but I hear it's like one of those movies where you have to see at some point in your life. I saw it when I was a kid. I don't remember it very well. I remember it was like the Egyptian gods were actually aliens and I think Ra was the bad guy, and James Spader, again, James Spader, like was, and Kurt Russell like went through this dimension, dimensional gate that led to like ancient Egypt planet, and I don't really remember much of it beyond that. So I got to watch it again. Okay. Okay. Seventeen. Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Oh my! Are you kidding me? 
1994. <laughs> I, wow. I can't stand that movie. Everyone, I, I don't get it. I no. I find it obnoxious. I heard, heard someone say that's Jim Carrey's best. Have you have you fucking seen the Truman Show? Have you fucking seen Batman? <laughs> have you seen the Grinch? I mean, that year he also had The Mask and Dumb and Dumber, uh, two movies that are going to be coming up here soon. By the way, he Jim Carrey cracked the top oh twenty three times in nineteen eighty four. Nineteen ninety four. Uh number sixteen, Star Trek Generations. That was the Picard meets Kirk movie that everyone was so excited about and then hated as soon as it came out. <laughs> number fifteen, disclosure. I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. Number fourteen, the client. Nice courtroom drama. A little Grisham. I I think. Maybe not. Might be a Grisham. I don't know. I don't want to find out. Number 13, Street Fighter. I can't oh, believe- fuck. I forgot they made that. Yeah. The Jean-Claude Van Damme Street Fighter movie. I cannot believe that was a success. Well, how did... Uh, this is really fucking a stupid question, I know. But, like, just because it had the Street Fighter title, that could be why, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was recognizable, sure. I just can't believe that it did well enough to get into the top 20. I don't think movie reviews back then were as prevalent as they are today. I don't think. I think they're like the everyday person. I think they were more prevalent. I mean, back then you had, you know, Ebert or Siskel and Ebert go to the movies. And yeah, people were. People cared about what movie reviews oh, yeah. had to say back then. There was a, there were TV shows. There was, you know, magazines and newspapers and you yeah. movie phone and all That's that. That's fair. Uh, Twelve Maverick. That's a fun movie. Mm. Yeah, it's Mel Gibson and as like a old west card shark who's trying to scrounge up ten thousand dollars so we can enter this like super prestigious poker Ooh. game. Based on an old TV show. It's really funny and delightful. Maverick. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Number 11. Interview with a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have okay, to watch yeah, that. See that. That movie was pretty... It's pretty good. Number. All right. Now we're getting into the top 10. The, the most successful films... Thanks. 1994. Number 10, Pulp Fiction. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, that deserves to be there. That belongs there, for sure. Number 9, The Mask. No. I hate that movie. Really? Oh, that sucks. I love that movie. So much. (laughs) Yeah. It's just... I don't usually like slapstick humor, but that's just so... Over the top slapstick. I I hate it <laughs> so much. Ah, that sucks. I I've always loved the mask. I had it on tape as a kid. It's one of my favorite movies. That's that's a bummer. I know. I'm sorry. I know that's not a popular opinion, but I I, I fucking hate that movie so much. <laughs> well, Jim Carrey is an acquired taste. I'm sorry. I you know that's. It's the it's 
Yeah. I like Jim Carrey. I just don't like the max the the mask. That's funny. That's funny. Um well I all right. Well, I guess I'll have someone else partner with me when we do that one. <laughs> no, I will glad I'll tell you what, I will rewatch it. I will give it an honest go as a as a, as a movie. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, everyone's got their tastes. Uh, number eight, Speed. Speed. Okay. Yeah. I love that. That movie's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Uh, number seven, Clear and Present Danger. I have no idea what that is. That's the sequel to Patriot Games. It's a, one of Harrison Ford's Jack Ryan movies. Oh, what? That's weird. <laughs> I really, I've never really got the Jack Ryan thing. I've seen a couple of them. I don't. It's just I don't like political yeah, no. espionage thrillers. They're, they're all kind of the same shit to me. So I don't. Yep. I'll, I'll see these at some point. But I've I've seen The Hunt for Red October, which is pretty good. And I saw Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, which I do not remember in the slightest. It had something to do with the Russian economy. <laughs> I don't. Remember. Uh, number six, Dumb and Dumber. No fucking way. That's number six. Yeah. That's a good, like, I enjoy that movie, but number six. Yeah, this is worldwide, too. This is not domestic. Oh my god, what? <laughs> number five. That's weird, I, man. I cannot fucking believe this is number five. The Flintstones. No way. No shot. Are you serious? The Flintstones movie is number five. No fucking way. <laughs> I've never Holy seen shit. that because I respect uh, myself too much. <laughs> god. Dude. That's that's wild. All I know is Halle Berry is in the movie and she plays a character named Sharon Stone. And I will never for the life of me understand why the fuck they didn't cast Sharon Stone. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That's that's wild. <laughs> um, n- number four, the Santa Claus. OK, that is one of my all time favorite Christmas movies. So that makes sense. Did you watch the uh, the Disney Plus series they did? No, no, I didn't. I wanted to, but no. Yeah, I haven't talked to anybody who has. I don't know, like, if anybody actually watched that. Is it good? I didn't watch it. Oh, <laughs> see, nobody, including myself. <laughs> Is Tim Allen in it? Yeah, it's like he's looking for somebody to take his place as Santa because he's going to retire and spend time with his kids and. Show them the world outside the North Pole because they've been raised around cheer and elves and candy and shit for their whole lives. Time to show them taxes. <laughs> yes. You guys have had too much happiness in your life. It's time to go to Dubai. I don't know. Huh? Anything outside the North Pole is going to look bleak in comparison. Why would you want to live anywhere else? It's literally the the center of cheer. Why, why would you want to give that up in any way? I don't know why I said Dubai. Dubai is fucking gorgeous. It is weird that you went straight to Dubai. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> Top three. Number three, True Lies. I haven't seen that. It's a bitchin' movie. Great action thriller. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a secret agent who is in dis- like his disguise is he's a 
mild oh. manner. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It holds up. It's only just now getting an official Blu-ray release because James Cameron's been dragging ass on that for a long time. He was but, busy uh, inventing water technology. It looked no different than Avatar 1. It, it was not worth that long of a wait. It was not. <laughs> I I think it did. I thought the water looked so nice. But my dad did not like it. When the movie was over, he looked over at me and he was like, where the fuck are they going to go next? Lava Town? Yes. Probably. Cameron announced oh, that yes, they are actually next. They're doing Fire Navi next. No fucking way. Are you serious? He actually is ripping off the last airbender now. It's open. Like he's just doing it. Uh yeah, apparently the fire ones are evil. Big surprise there. And we'll see. We'll see how that works out in like 2038 or whenever that one comes out. I'll go watch it with my grandkids. Make a new technology to motion capture. <laughs> Bro, what? That's fucking weird, man. What why why is Jake why is he leaving again? I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. I have no emotional investment in this story at all. <laughs> I'm I'm not emotionally invested, but I definitely am interested. But that's because I have a fucking I have a peanut butter brain. I'm very easily entertained. I actually I guess not. I didn't like the fucking mask. So I don't know why I liked Avatar Way of Water so much. I really I really liked it. Well, I'm I'm on the island this time because that it just crossed like it just beat Titanic to be the third highest grossing film of all time. So it's Avatar heard, Avengers Avatar. That's that's crazy, dude. Oh, it's it's upsetting because Endgame is such a better movie. It deserves to be up there. But these two fucking tree hugger save the whales bullshit movies are just, are sandwiching <laughs> it up there. Like, oh. <laughs> Is it true that Puss in Boots almost beat it? It, it almost caught up to it or something? Um, it, yeah, I think domestically, yeah, it did. Something took something weird overtook it at the box office. I think it was, uh, I think it was Megan. Really? Like, domestically, yeah, I think it it beat Avatar because it had been out for a while. Well, that's for another time. We we did Austin and I bitched about Avatar on an Oscar Sunday, and now we can do Avatar two on Oscar Sunday if we ever want to do that. I don't think we will. <laughs> uh, number two, Forrest Gump. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Makes sense. And number one, I, have a I, first... I know what number one. Hmm? I have a feeling. I think I know what it's going to be. What is it? My history teacher got upset because this movie beat Forrest Gump. No, no, no. Forrest Gump beat this movie for movie of the year. Hmm. Is it Shawshank? It is not. Shawshank actually huh. bombed at the box office. Really? Yeah. Critics loved it, but it didn't make a lot of money. And uh, Forrest Gump oh. actually beat it at, at the Oscars. Forrest Gump took that took that gold. Yeah. 
The highest grossing yeah. film of 1994 is The Lion King. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love The Lion King. I that, that's it's one of a, my it's favorite a good movie. movie. Yeah. It's not my favorite Disney movie, but it's it's pretty good. It's up there. It's a big I, margin uh, too. Forrest Gump had a three hundred twenty nine million gross. Lion King seven hundred and sixty three million. Like oh my big god, dis- big disparity there. They re released the Lion King in three D about ten years ago. Made another three hundred million dollars and is and pushed the Lion King into billion dollar grosser territory. That's insane. Yeah, people love the Lion King. I get it. Uh, with that, let's look at Wolf. Talk some highlights of Wolf. Uh, that was fun. We're we're gonna do that again. I love looking at that shit. It's like, what were people <laughs> in 1994 thinking? <laughs> okay, the, the Flintstones really people. Nothing else came out yeah. that week. You had nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say too much and get like sued, but where I work. There's a there's a patient who that's all they watched was Flintstones over and over and over and over and over again. So all I have stuck in my head for like two weeks was the Flintstones theme song. Well, I kind of get that. The cartoon is fun, but the movie was dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. So Wolf starts out with uh, Jack Nicholson driving pretty recklessly through the snow. He hits a dog thing. It bounces off the fucking hood and over the window over the windshield and he spins around and is like I gotta go see what happened instead of just driving away as we all <laughs> in that situation yeah. you hit an animal I know you're gonna feel kind of bad just just go just go keep driving yeah because this yeah. fucker wakes up got and out, I, I texted you yeah I texted you I was like why the fuck are you gonna go check if it's dead just keep driving yeah so like you're trying to die. Uh, so he goes home and he tells his wife, like, hey, I got bit by a wolf. And everyone's like, really? In New England? Like, I wanted him to yeah. freak out and be like, yeah, I was there. It was a wolf. I know the, I know the difference. <laughs> yeah. I think it's weird that all of a sudden he can smell from like a mile away. He can hear conversations happening across the room and he doesn't need glasses anymore. Like, how do you not yeah. go to the doctor and say like, Hey, I'm turning into something. Yeah. I, I he's, he's like, Hey man, I don't think you fucking understand. I can smell what you ate last week. I can like speed read without glasses. <sighs> That's fucking God. crazy. It's, you know, I always have that problem in superhero movies. Like when, Spider-Man, for instance, that's the greatest example. 2002 Spider-Man. Peter Parker gets bit by a spider at a radioactive experimental spider center. Goes home, doesn't tell a teacher, doesn't tell his friend, doesn't tell anybody. The thing balloons up to the size of a fucking jawbreaker. He wakes up, he's got got six-pack abs, he doesn't need his glasses anymore, and he can walk on walls. And he's just like, well, this is odd. And then just goes to school. <laughs> oh, this is weird. Uh, I'm gonna be a superhero now. Yeah, 
it just goes to show, you know, most people who, be, who get superpowers don't have health insurance. Exactly. It's the only explanation. Actually, no, I was wrong. He doesn't go, oh, this is cool. I guess I'm a superhero now. He went, huh, this is cool. I guess I'm going to be a pro wrestler now. But first, he's like, I'm going to kick the <laughs> shit out of the guy who bullies me on a daily basis. Yeah, that's <laughs> Publicly, in front of everybody, and scare some people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird on none of those people when Spider-Man showed up, remembered that little detail where Peter Parker shot <laughs> webs out of his hand in a cafeteria and beat the shit out of Flash Thompson? Because I'd never forget that. I know. <laughs> I would go home, Mom, you're not going to fucking believe this. Some kid shot webs out of his wrist. MJ especially. I I love when they're talking, when it's, yeah. him, it's her and Spider-Man, and she doesn't recognize Peter Parker's voice. Like It's, an, it's yeah. like a, a half an inch of cloth. I, I feel like if somebody I'd known my whole life was talking to me with half an inch of cloth mask on, I'd hear their voice and be like, hey, why are you wearing a mask? You sound familiar. Yeah. Anyway, this is now Wolf, Jack going through something pretty similar and just he probably does have health insurance. He's pretty well off. He just decides, yeah, I got bit. I got bigger fish to fry. I might be getting fired by Christopher Plummer. (laughs) Yeah, man, that was I fucking hated everyone in this movie except for him and his girlfriend. Yeah, because he's surrounded by self-serving dicks. Except for his like immediate team, you know, Niles from Frasier and oh, yeah. his secretary. Oh, God, dude. When he, what did he say? Oh, he walked in and he was like, let me just say, I think this sucks. <laughs> that was so great. Or when he was like, I want you to call every author and tell them that we're leaving and they can come with us. And he's like, is this really happening? No. You want me to tell them that anyway? Yes. God, I love you. <laughs> I love when like he walks out and his secretary's like, are we taking care of this? And he's like, yes, we are. She's like, it's about fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> he just walks out. Like, I want that kind of a team in my, in my yeah. office. Goddamn. For sure. Um, but yeah, he goes to Christopher Plummer's party. Plummer's taken over this place. He's just some rich asshole. And uh, he tells Jack, he doesn't fire him. He just says, Hey, we're moving you to Eastern Europe. So yeah. you know, pack your, pack your goulash gonna get gonna get cold out there and uh jack walks back in and is like i don't think i'm gonna take that job and james spader his protege is like i i can't believe that he would do that to you i just want to say i am i am outraged yeah dude oh my god he was like hey when i chose your replacement he begged me for that job over and over again and i was like who the fuck begs for a job like that and then james spader was like i'm so sorry man god that sucks I was like, man, you're a good friend, James Spader. I love how Jack immediately knew. He's like, I just want to say congratulations on your new job, Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> I love what Stuart's like after he after Jack catches him with his wife, he goes to confront Stuart, and Stuart's like, I'll do anything. Like, I'll resign today if that's what you want. And Jack's like, I want you to resign today. He's like, Well, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Yeah, why did I say that? <laughs> God, he's such a bastard in this movie. I hate James Spader in this. Yeah. Uh, I want to know what caused the rift between them. Because you don't take another man's job and fuck his wife unless it is personal. I think he was just jealous. He was just jealous of his job or his wife, everything. Bastard. He's James Spader in the 90s. What do you have to be jealous about? Yeah, I think I think that was the issue. 
he was like he was like i don't want to be rude uh but uh but you look like you're 50 years old man (laughs) (laughs) oh boy Uh, i'm james fucking spade i'm the lizard what oh i'm the fucking lizard you don't even know my real name (laughs) 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 robert california um so Jack has a bit of a panic attack at the at the estate, runs into Laura, who's like, hey, drink my drink, and don't you ever speak to me again, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Um, so Jack hatches this plan to get his job back, manages to lure a bunch of authors with him. It's weird how no werewolf stuff is happening during this whole stretch of film. Yep. <laughs> it's like, but I'm still engaged because I'm like, I want to see him stick it to Spader and Plummer big time. I want to see him run yeah. this place. Yeah, I forgot what the movie was called halfway through. I was like, "Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna run them out of business," and then he turned to a wolf. And I was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot what I was watching." I know. I was expecting somebody to say like, you know, you know what they call Will Randall? They call him the Wolf. <laughs> like, I was I was waiting for something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do love when he walks in and he hears that guy talking. To, like he smells the tequila on his breath, and he's like, he's, he just confronts the guy. Like, what the fuck are you doing drinking so early? And the guy's yeah. just like. What? <laughs> he, he's talking on the phone about it. He's like, don't tell people you had te- tequila in your coffee this morning. You didn't have coffee this morning. <laughs> yeah. And the guy like checks. He's like, am I fucking being bugged or something? Is there? <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so Will ends up at the estate again, talks, meets Laura, tries to use some lines, and Laura's pretty pretty mean gotta say and even jack's like you know i love that little speech where he's like you think people like dismiss you because you're beautiful but inside like you're not really all that interesting yeah (laughs) you're hostile and you're rude and you're not very nice and she's like "Mm, no i'm not interested in you sorry it's yeah the fuck uh he transforms into kind of a half werewolf kills a deer on the property wakes up in a stream covered in blood Love that. Yep. That exact scene ripped right out of an American werewolf in London. Just saying. If you're going to borrow, (laughs) borrow from the best. (laughs) Uh, He meets that doctor who specializes in like animal possession. There's always (laughs) an expert. I love the the guy, like when he was calling his secretary to get that person, he's like, not possession of an animal, like possession of spirit. I don't want to hear about owning an animal. Yeah, made me laugh. And this this doctor guy's like, I don't have all the answers, but here's this amulet that will for sure protect you, dude. I laughed so fucking far, so fucking hard. He was like, he was like, I don't have herbs, I don't have rights. I got this fucking amulet. It's the most powerful amulet in the world. It should help. Well, it starts out with, like, I don't believe any of this. This is just what I've written down. And then it ends with, I've never seen one like you. Please bite me. Yes. And Jack was like, no. He was like, I can't do this. Yeah. He was like, I'm not going to do that. And he was like, fair enough. Have a nice day. And that's the last we see of him. Yeah. I did like the, the idea that the wolf inside isn't evil unless the man it bites is evil. I like that yeah. idea that was introduced because oh, cool. we definitely see that later with uh, Stuart. So what I gathered 
is James Spader killed his wife? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what happens? Um, so Will goes full werewolf and mm-hmm. encounters a, a group of kids in the park. They try to mug him. Typically, you don't want to mug the guy who looks like a you know werewolf. <laughs> yeah. I like when they're like, we want to borrow some money. He's like, oh, I got $1,000 in my wallet. What do you want? $5? $10? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Give, give us your wallet. Yeah. And then he just rips the guy's fucking arm off, finds fingers in his pocket later. <laughs> yeah. So is that guy going to turn into a werewolf? Like, I don't know how the, the rules are kind of vague in this movie. Like, I guess so. It, the guy even said, like, sometimes, you know, if you get bit, you won't even turn. Sometimes you'll turn if you just have the passion of a wolf. It's like, I thought you weren't the expert. <laughs> yeah. How many werewolves have you interviewed for this book that Jack didn't exactly. read? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Charlotte gets murdered after trying to reconcile, and Jack's like, we can reconcile with these nuts, bitch, and then goes back upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, she, I'm not going to say she had it coming, but I didn't feel bad. No, I didn't feel bad at all, man. Cops show up. I love when the the cops show up and Jack's like, sorry about the noise. I'll try to be quieter next time and tries to like pay him off. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 no. Your wife is dead, dude. (laughs) Talk about zero to a hundred real quick there. Yeah. Uh, and they all think he did it. You know, it's always the husband when the wife gets killed. And, uh, when they go to the police station, Stuart, I thought right when we saw him, I'm like, he something's weird here. He's not acting normal. He he's being kind of strange. And then I saw his eyes, and I'm like, oh shit, he's a werewolf yeah. now. That was ah, a cool twist. That was neat. And he is immediately crazy and evil and you know possessed because he's a bad person. And he went there to try to get mm-hmm. Will arrested so he get his job back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's weird how. Plumber's only criteria for working at this company is fucking over somebody else. Yeah. Every five minutes he was like, hey, what if uh what if I get him arrested? He's like, sure, you can have your job back. <laughs> Just fuck him over. <laughs> it's such a weird quality to yeah. treasure in somebody. Like yeah. complete lack of loyalty. It's like the exact opposite that you want if you're running a company. Like, why would exactly? You- yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh so Laura's like, oh shit, maybe he did kill Charlotte. He might actually be a werewolf. And takes him to takes him to their estate, locks him up. Apparently, dad's there the whole time, never sees any of this happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Stuart shows up, kills two guards, and then we get a wolf fight. Wolf fight. Cool wolf fight. Yeah. Long time coming. It's always yeah. cool to see Jack as, you know, someone to root for. A nice, like a good guy. Yeah, he, has, he plays a lot of despicable characters. In this case, he was like a good guy with the power of the wolf. Yeah. Not the werewolf. They never say werewolf in this movie. Nope. Just the wolf. Yeah. Because you can't do that. I don't I hate when movies make that rule. It's like you can't say zombie, you can't say werewolf, you can't say vampire. Like just yeah. go into go do it. Like why do why do you think that's cool? It's not cool. It's annoying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, Laura ends up killing Stuart, shoots him in the chest, then concocts some cock and bull story about yep. this guard who killed Stuart. Nice and clean. I don't know who killed him. Self-defense. That guy's the guy that killed Will's wife. I don't know where Will went. 
yeah, kind of weird. <laughs> and the and the police are like, okay, sounds great. They are very much like, well, this is nice and wrapped up. Like, no, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of holes in this story. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a, th- I don't, I don't know, because she, she she's a wolf at the end. Yeah. So when did he bite her, or was she the wolf at the beginning that bit him? I think things got hot and heavy between the sheets, and uh, I think there was all kinds of biting going on. If you know what I mean. Oh, gotcha. Understood. Mm-hmm. But also the doctor expert said that you can become a wolf if you are just like touched with the passion of the wolf. And since he was so passionate, I think he banged her into a werewolf. Cool. Understood. It's got to be the best way to become a werewolf. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, war is a werewolf now. I feel like we didn't need that. That was a little no. too much, like a little extra twist. Yeah, it was nice though because now they can live together in the woods. I guess. Yeah, once once she becomes a fool. So is is Jack just a wolf now? Like he doesn't get to be a human being anymore. I, I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot of questions at the end. Who gets Stewart's dead? Jack's dead. Who gets to be editor in chief of this publishing house? Yeah, everything that he worked for in this movie kind of went down the toilet, except for his yeah. girlfriend. But that's all I wanted to know. I wanted to know who's going to get that job. Pretty sure it's going to be Roy. And you know what? He seemed like a nice go-getter, loyal guy. I think he's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. But he'll probably get fired because he's not willing to fuck over somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I wish somebody had bitten Christopher Plummer at the end of this. That would have been a, a nice little like, oh, shit. He's going to get yeah. a taste of, of real life. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. That's Wolf. Yeah. You know what? It's pretty good. Yeah, Maybe we'll get a sequel. Wolf 2 wolf drift i don't know i'm sorry that was a bad joke wolves <laughs> there's your there's your title <laughs> oh god tell me they're not gonna have a you know litter of werewolf kids oh my god i wonder if, if a human being if, if two werewolves as human being like in human form conceive you know dogs typically don't have one puppy they have a like a fuck ton of puppies oof is the human being going to have like eight kids? I don't know, and I don't want to think about it. Well, I'm mining all sorts of material for my new book here. <laughs> going to have the most brutal, drawn-out birth scene oh in literary God. history. It's going to take up 12 pages of no. nothing but description. And when they were holding their third baby boy, there was another one coming. And if we're following, you know, dog etiquette here, he's going to eat at least two of them. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, here are three uh, filmgasm facts for Wolf. Number one, Stanley Kubrick was considered to direct, but he uh, wasn't interested. This could have been Jack and Kubrick back together again. That would have been cool. I feel like the, the tone of the movie would have been very different. Yeah, probably would have. Kubrick is anything but conventional. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, there is a common fan theory. Or sorry, number two, there's a common fan theory that Laura actually was the wolf that bit Will in Vermont. Like she was the first werewolf. Yeah, I, I kind of. That's what I kind of think. But why? Like that wouldn't make any sense. I'm assuming because when you become the wolf, like that's it. You don't get to be a person anymore. Oh, really? That's 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 what the guy said, you know, Doctor Expert. 
I'm going, I'm, oh, there's always a guy who like doesn't know anything, like doesn't know everything, but tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. And he said, you know, once you've like, eventually you will succumb to the power of the wolf and that'll be you. So I, I took that as you're going to be a wolf and that's it. But, you know, I, oh, yeah. I could be wrong. But why would, but she doesn't wolf at any other point in the movie. She seems, you know, freaked out that he can hear her phone ringing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think she's the original wolf. Mm. Uh, and number three, this movie opened in theaters the same night as the OJ Simpson chase. Oh my God. Yeah. So people who didn't go see Wolf were watching at home as OJ's white Bronco got chased <sighs> by the cops. That's great. Oh, 94. What a year. I wish I'd been there. How was your night? Wonderful. I saw Jack Nicholson turn into a wolf in a drum rom com. How was your night? It was pretty cool. Saw a pretty cool chase on the news. <laughs> you know that guy with the bills? Killed his wife. <laughs> 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 I would love to see the inane conversation that went around the initial reveal of the OJ Simpsons case where people were just like, yeah, you heard about that that guy? Like, yeah, pretty crazy. Well, what are you doing next week, Bill? Like just <laughs> I bet yeah. it was just like barely thought of and then it was the, the trial of the century. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, I give Wolf an eight. I enjoyed it. It's the performances, it's the story, it's a little bits of comedy, it was something different. Yeah, I thought this was cool. Yeah, I was going to give him an eight, too. I really like it. I thought that every time they made a joke, it landed pretty well. James Spader, at the end, was creepy and, like, uncomfortable to watch. Um, and I, I love everything that Jack Nicholson is in. So, yeah, eight. Nice. Solid. Unanimous. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or, of course, send us a message through the socials. Check out our letterbox accounts for daily reviews. You can search for me at Connor95, and in my friends list, you can find the rest of the team. If you want to support the show through Anchor, click on Support This Podcast on your preferred provider. We appreciate any donations you think we deserve. Next week is the four-year anniversary of the Filmgasm Podcast. So exciting. We've come so far since then and brought on so many fresh faces. I still love doing this. It's a super fun hobby. In honor of four years of the show, we're tackling one of the most anticipated crossovers in horror history. When the kids on Elm Street have stopped believing in a certain dream master, Freddy Krueger hatches a plan to make them remember him. He frees Crystal Lake's own Jason Voorhees from hell and sets him loose on a killing spree on Freddy's turf. But when Jason refuses to stop, Freddy has to remind him who's in charge. It's killer against killer in the 2003 slasher flick, Freddy versus Jason. I don't care what the critics say. This movie is fun as shit. I can't wait to talk about it. It's it's so good, man. It's so good. Yeah. If you're a movie critic and you're watching Freddy versus Jason expecting like a Citizen Kane level of film, you're an idiot and it's your own fault. Yeah. I think uh, I actually saw Freddy versus Jason before, I've se- before I saw any... Anything else like Freddy or Jason? Yeah, me too. I watched about half of it at a birthday party in fifth grade. <laughs>
And I was the only one who wanted to keep watching it because it was the first time I ever saw boobs in a movie. And I was like, I want to watch the rest of this. And they were like, we want to play Grand Theft Auto. And I'm like, ah, damn it. <laughs> so I, I love Freddy versus Jason. It's it's such a fun movie. It's crazy. It's over the top. I think it got way too much hate and seems like the perfect movie to celebrate four years of filmgasm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Don't miss The Water Boy on Fridays Beyond the Bad, The China Syndrome on Oscar Sunday, and The Amityville Horror on the next Fake True Stories, which will be coming very soon. Until then, if you run over a wolf, just keep driving. Sure, you might feel bad, but you also won't turn into a creature of the night, and I think that's worth it. See you next week. (laughs) 